Hello and welcome back to the Field of Design podcast for your news, stories and nonsense from the sports apparel and sports creative industry. My name is Mason and with me, he needs a hero. He's holding on for a hero till the end of the night. He's got to be strong and he's got to be fast and he's got to be fresh from the fight. It's Nick Bassett. Hello. I know that song off by heart now. Like, been listening to it on repeat today i hear apparently just the adam lambert version i discovered he was like just a cover artist just going through all his spotify it's just covers of other shit where's and your making, new stuff man making millions from it i'm sure for sure i mean i suppose he is a freddy cover act at some point very true but queen's very pretty true. good with him I, I like them together yeah no good the, combination i agree i concur sir um where the fuck have you been don't swear it's a oh. professional podcast <laughs> okay. we do lots of research and talk eloquently my bad where uh, you been the I people have, have been, been asking in europe uh started in london went to manchester over to greece got my car my rental car stuck in a pool of mud got pulled out by some locals uh, drove up a gravel hill that my accommodation was on couldn't turn a corner because it was too tight for my car so I had to reverse down the gravel hill and then drive up another way so that was also fucked uh, then we went to Munich a week early for Oktoberfest then I went to Nuremberg a week early for another festival they were having so I screwed that up and then off to Mallorca for a friend of mine's wedding and pretty special wedding. The outdoor uh, outdoor church was pretty amazing. And then like a Spanish villa in the countryside for the reception. So that was pretty cool. Sounds fancy. It was a good, good little wedding. Well, big, very big. Um, and now we're back at it. And you and I both off to Melbourne this weekend. We both were able to snag tickets independently. Tickets independently, uh, but yeah. What are you? I was going to save it to the end, but since we're here at oh, the start talking, the <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, let, let's get through the episode, and we can we can finish it off with talking finals finals chat. Yeah, let's do that later. Uh, it is all news this episode. We have probably been been out for about a month, so we're doing a bit of a a catch up. We're going to try and reel it in and keep it pretty tight. Um, but um, if you want more information, you can find it thanks to our links. So to keep up with the visual references in today's show, you can visit our Instagram page at Field of Design Podcast and look out for the episode highlights reel. You can also find the source articles and reference links via this episode's dedicated page at thefieldofdesign.com. Get in touch with us through our Instagram or via email at fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Just uh, quickly. Yes. While I've been away and speaking of needing heroes and stuff, how many mm. interviews have you done? Have I just, I just come back for the boring episodes now and man's out here working hard, like getting all the interviews. Uh, yeah, I think I've done three or four. <sighs> yeah. I might have to actually listen to my own podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) Just been holding the fort. Look, I'm not going to lie. Um, (laughs) We've been going well. I'm uh, very impressed with your work. Thank you, sir. Maybe you can hold the fort for a while towards the end of the year. I would not be good on my own at this stuff. (laughs) I can barely talk a whole sentence with you guys. (laughs) All right. Um, yeah, three or four, uh, three or four. Yeah. Really good episodes. Actually. We had, um, who did we have on? We had Joshua Blakey a couple of weeks ago. Um, Kurt Thompson. Yes. Kurt photographer, Um, Kurt, really good episode as well. What a cool cat that guy is actually just, um, ball of confidence and energy and, 
I just got the greatest vibe from the moment I shook his hand and, and said g'day <laughs> to him that uh, this guy is my, uh, he's my type of guy. And we look, we got a bit philosophical for a while in our conversation as well, a bit <laughs> deep sometimes talking more about life than work, but um, yeah, great, great episode with Kurt and also a great episode with Joshua as well from Port Adelaide. Um, that recording was done just prior to the Lions v Port uh, final. Um, we were both quietly confident with our teams, I think. <laughs> um, but a, a, an amazing guy that I've um, yeah resonated with from it on a professional level as well. Some of the work um, that he's been doing over there with with the team over there, and just his attitude towards work and life too. So two very great episodes um, that have been released and another great chat uh, was, on the way um, as well. We were just talking earlier in our chat with him on Instagram and he's not uh, not confident in Joe's moustache in the grand final this weekend. So oh, really? I haven't looked at that I don't know why yet. he needs to disrespect such a magnificent moustache. But... <laughs> uh, okay. Let's get back to that. Let's get, let's get through and then we can talk about that at the end, eh? Let's go. Uh, okay, so doing a recap of some things that we have missed over the past three or four weeks. Um, this is a little bit more hot off the press, but Aston Villa Castor uniforms, they are looking a bit moist in their Castor kit this year. Um, we've included some links that you can go and find, um, one being legendary Jersey designer Rob Warner joins the Claret and Blue podcast to discuss all of the issues or his theory on the issues relating to the Castor Aston Villa kit. Um, I had a bit of a listen. No, in fact, I listened to the whole thing while I was on the road today. And um, yeah, clearly the man knows what he's talking about when it comes to fabric tech. And uh, I encourage everyone to, to click on the link and have a listen themselves. But yeah, coming comes down to pretty much fabric technology and, and perhaps some of the selections in fabric that they have picked or potentially some mismanufacturing issues versus samples along the way. Um, we all know my thoughts on Castor here. I think <laughs> um, all three of us have spoken about Castor a couple of times. So, you know, for me, this is just another tick in the Castor I'll give, no go box. I'll give Castor some slack and say that it's not really just a them problem. Um, I remember at the World Cup at the end of last year, Puma had issues um, with some of their kits and they yeah, they get that wet, sticky look on the body. Um, you mm-hmm. see it all the time in pre-season in the hotter climates. So, Yes, we like to have a go at Castor, but I've seen it plenty of other places as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, look, um, Rob in in his interview on that podcast didn't you know didn't go slamming them. Um, no. He listed a few reasons as to why it could be the case. You know, talking about the, you know the mill of the fabric, the the weight. Um, the, the weight of the garment. You know, just the fabric selections. Maybe the samples that they did weren't using the exact same colors, etc., etc. Et so there's a whole lot of reasons potentially there, but. Um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of a little bit of um, you know jumping on the the castor train, I guess, and and everyone's throwing shade at them. Um, and I'm definitely putting my hand up as as one of those people. But you know, I can't count the the amount of times you know, particularly in Brisbane, wearing you know polyester moisture wickening garments but when humidity is sitting so high it doesn't matter whether the the fabric can, can get the moisture off you if there's if there's not enough if the if humidity back. is too thick in the air it's not going anywhere but yeah. anyway have a listen for it for those who are deep down in uh, enthusiastic in that type of stuff go have a listen uh, we have not had this conversation yet, Nick, regardless of how many times you've told me in the green room before we hit the record button today that we have. Uh, I've had it personally. <laughs> you've had it. Uh, Queensland Maroons 2024 jersey has been apparently or appears to be showcased as part of their announcement that from 2024, Westpac will become 
the front of jersey sponsor for the Queensland Maroons men and shoulder sponsor for the Harvey Norman Queensland women's team. Still a good-looking jersey. I think. Still a good-looking jersey. Probably got a bit of the sort of 90s vibes with that four stripes across the chest or there was one even earlier that the four stripes went down under the logo. Um, yeah, they've done the sleeve as well. The, um, the, the sleeve, the, yeah, early 2000s and stuff. Yeah, 2003, 4, 5, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, where, whereas these ones are sitting obviously quite higher above the sponsor rather than lower towards the cuff. And even was it the captain's run jersey? Oh, no, just the the regular playing jersey last year had the maroon on maroon mm-hmm. ones last year below the sponsor. Um, an interesting point in the conversation I had about these jerseys, the same mm-hmm. link, because um, yep. I've had this conversation before. But not with me and not while, they're, <laughs> not while the little red light is on. Um, anyway, yeah, it's interesting that now Westpac has sponsored Queensland Maroons and then last season they sponsored Queensland Reds. So how long is that partnership now going to last for Queensland Reds? Are they still with the Reds or are they done and dusted? It was only the one season so far. Um, but, yeah, why would you stick with the Reds if you've now got the Maroons? Well, Westpac also have the Blues. They do. So I think it's a big play for Westpac just to break into the rugby league market. Um, in fact, weren't, weren't Westpac really big at Magic Round as well? I feel like... They were really hyping up Westpac at Ooh, Magic Round. So, yeah, I, I think for me it's, it's yeah, quite clear that they're looking at, um, yeah, really making a play into but rugby like, league at the moment. Both of them, eh? Yeah, it is quite unique, isn't it? Both got the major sponsor on the front. Both got the manufacturer for the jerseys. Hmm. But uh, good to see the Maroons sticking with that traditional style neck as well. I think that's here to stay for quite some time. Yeah, I think I agree. And if you notice on the, the ladies' version, the, mm. um, the top of the shoulders, the white carries along as well. Um, yeah, with the, red, so, the actual red logo um, yeah, I think that's on the a, finish there. That's not a bad application. It's a nice little finish with the, the shoulders being the full white and then... Merging into the traditional collar. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. I hope we see these, and I think we will. I think we'll see these traditional collars be on a full season home jersey in the NRL very soon. Oh, do you now? That's not any sizzle. <laughs> season, I promise you that. <laughs> but it would uh, certainly something we'd like to do, or I'd like to do, speaking personally. Yep. I think everyone would be the same, all us nerds. Shifting over to the A-League, we have, uh, courtesy of our friends over at Aussie Jersey Watch, uh, Melbourne Victory have um, had their jerseys either leaked or revealed. Interesting um, difference between the clash away and their home. Um, I think. Yeah, it's like a salmon-type yeah. colour um, and a different neckline as well. We've got a, a round neck. Um, what, what, what are we calling that? Like a stub, round neck stub for their, yeah. their clash and they're going with a more um, Henley. Like a, Henley, not quite a Henley, but a... It's almost like a Chinese collar in with a traditional collar. Hmm. But other than that, nothing too extraordinary or extravagant no, the, from the, the victory. A bit, a bit boring. It's just sort of a thick white V. Um, nice that the sponsors are a color coordinated, though. Um, KFC on the sleeve, keeping their red, but everyone else in the palette, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, courtesy of Aussie Jersey Watch, thanks, gents, for sending it this way, is Cricket Australia, who have dropped, well, over the last three weeks. Just one thing quickly, on Melbourne yes. Victory, their 
logo on the home kit's actually inverted as well to their official logo. So the V's usually white with a blue base on their logo, whereas it's sitting white base on the white V and then the blue V in the logo. Of obviously you can see why they've done it, but yeah, yeah. Rather than having the white badge on the white in there, um, it's not quite inverse, is it? It's just they've they've replaced the white, right? Is that what we're saying? The white, right? White. That's pretty much pretty much inverse. So the navy's where the white usually is, and the like. The shield should be the navy with a white chevron and white text. Oh, okay. So they've just inverted it. Obviously, sitting on the white background, so. Makes sense as to why they've done it. Yeah, cool. It's good to have that flexibility. It would Don't be you nice, think? you know, able to change colours. Cricket Australia, are you familiar with the sport? I do know what cricket is, yes. And you like it? It is a nice sport. Do you love it? I don't know. New Zealand uh, fallen off a cliff recently, so <laughs> it's a bit hard to watch at the moment. Yeah. Well, Cricket Australia, they have re- revealed all uh, of their playing kits for the upcoming seasons. Um, we've got Big Bash. We've got T20, Test and One Dayers all in there. There's There's actually a lot to break down here, so... Uh, the Australian International Playing Kit will incorporate First Nations artwork across all fam- formats for both men's and women's teams in landmark new designs unveiled. The ASIC kit to be worn in the next two home summers include the Walkabout Wickets artwork designed by Auntie Fiona Clark on the side panels of the shirts. Uh, Australia has done away with the black kit for T20 internationals and will now wear green for the first time. The side has worn a green uniform in the shortest format. The kits are almost identical across the genders, but there are subtle differences. Notably, the men's T20 kit is collarless, but the women's does feature a more traditional look with a collar. Uh, You're a fan of these. Yeah, yeah, I, I am a fan of these, actually. Um. Gonna be honest, I can only see half of them because my images won't load. So you'll have to do the breaking down here. Oh, okay. All right. Hui. Uh hit the refresh button on you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try um, to find another link. Look, I think um good job by ASICs actually. They've, you know, for a time have been very adventurous with their necklines on uh on on all of their gear actually not just the cricket gear um but they seem to have you know roped it in scaled it back um and gone with a more clean clean round neck style stub style collar um for their what is this one one day is uh oh the t20 ones the yeah one? yeah yeah um yeah, we've got what we are calling the more modern Australian green and gold. Maybe it's a little bit the green is not quite as pastel as um, you would expect from the Olympic green. I guess it's it's it is more of a bottle style, uh, but I you know I'd argue still in that same kind of realm. I guess um, we've got nice canary yellow side panels um canary yellow wattle yellow um features on the neck um around the 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 side of the neck and the back of the neck with the, with the stub in the the same color green as the the shirt itself uh, interestingly combank not featuring on the men's the men's are still looking for their major front of jersey sponsor there but then we've got the nice um, what are we calling it? Walkabout wickets designed artwork uh, featuring down the side panels of these these green um, items, and that actually then carries across into the whites as well. Uh, but according to the website here, they're embossed. So whilst you can't really see them on the screen, um, if you get some close-ups there, you can say that there's see that there's actually some panels there that have been embossed with the the walkabout wickets artwork on there um really nice finish eh? the embossing Um, very clean a layer of of sort of prestige to 
any garment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got an image of the test one now, so I can see that. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, interesting with the embossing, interesting little stitch detail on all the seams over the shoulders. They're sort of forward seams rather than right across the top of the shoulder. Um, yeah, I'd say just a bit of a design feature there from ASIC. It's, uh, yeah, you know, nothing really <laughs> technical about it. No, just a little design feature, bit of exposed stitching. Uh, in a contrast color, uh, and then the nice contrast trim on the the collars and cuffs of the arms. Yes, I'd say and probably looks better on the the chest jersey than the one day. I think that almost looks a little cheap on the one day jersey. Uh, the the on the yellow based ones. Yeah, the, yeah. the end of sleeve trim almost mm -hmm. needs to be a proper cuff and a bit thicker rather than just a. What's that technique is it called? A, is it a sub? Is it a sublimated um, strip, nah, it's, or is it? It's it stitched. A, um, yeah, okay. Like on the singlets. Uh, bind. Bind. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so it's not a. It's not a. It's not a, like a, a trim. It's actually bound along the sleeves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, okay. That could maybe a bit nicer finish, but. Yeah, but look overall, I I probably give these a yeah, big tick Definitely of approval actually. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I was never a big fan of the the black kind of style um, T twenty one. So uh, yeah, this is more down down. Um, yeah, tickling my fancy. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, let's move over to the BBL real quickly. I'd be keen to get your thoughts on this before I have a mini rant. These are rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've made a huge step backwards. Uh, so all teams have the same effective template design, uh, raglan sleeved, round neck collared shirts. Uh, black, everyone's got black sleeves with a little underarm panel. Uh, and then everyone's got the same sort of dotted design on the front uh, in their team colors. A paint splatter type effect. Paint splatter, yeah. Um, fading from the sort of darker hue of their color to the lighter hue at the top, uh, with the dots being randomly colored. Um, and then everyone's got a big version of their logo just slapped on top uninspiringly and kind of unthought out. Um, interestingly, Brisbane Heat are the only team to not have their full logo put on the front. They don't have the B, they've just got the flames. Uh, and it looks like everyone's carried over that silicon badge that they had on the last one. And you can see the Brisbane Heat have the square edges still rather than that curve on the edge of the B. They've probably still got to fulfill their MOQs because they'd have stock left over from yes, they would. last year because nobody is buying these things. <laughs> I think uh, this is a massive step backwards from the last offering. I quite liked the the last sort of template design they did with the, the sort of techno square kind of look. Yeah, in the these are I just rubbish though. I I didn't like last seasons, but I guess there was a little bit more personality and customization to it. It was, like you said, a bit of a grid and then the, the team names were hidden in the grid and they were all slightly different. Yeah. This is literally, you've gone to the website, you've picked design number 21, you've put it in one color and then you've gone replace color and you've selected all of the team colors and done a replace and then you've slapped their logo as large as you can on the, the fronts. Um, yeah. And if you're going to was... slap a logo on, like oversize it so you lose half of it on the seams and it actually adds like, you know, oh, like what is this angle and, you know, adds yeah. something. I guess there's a little bit of an argument there to say they kind of have done that in some circumstances, but... Um. Yeah, you could have gone bigger, I guess. I was having a conversation. Actually, I was having a couple of conversations with a few of our different 
different listeners um, through the Instagram page when these came out. And, you know, there was a lot of back and forth conversations around not so cookie cutter, what are they doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, And, you know, we could probably go and do a, a full episode, I think, on collective bargaining agreements and um kits like this across teams where they're all from the one supplier and the process of that and and the time and investment into that um so i don't really want to get into too much of that here and now but yeah what i would say it's like if it's a collective agreement you're not going to have one team who wants to go gung-ho and do their own full design and then the other the other teams aren't keen. You're not going to get that one team going off and and being able to do their own design. Um, there could be you know things in place from Cricket Australia's point of view to go. Nah, we're selecting this. We've overseen it all, and off we go. Um, there you know could be stuff going on through Nike or whoever the supplier is. Um, you know where you know there's only so much money being thrown at it or, or whatever it is so you know nike or whoever is is dictating how much effort they're putting into it too we we don't we don't have that information we don't really know that information but the argument that it's cook, cookie cutter yes absolutely um some of our listeners you know that I was talking to was you know the argument that the whole league from the inception is cookie cutter and whilst you know there's different team names on the front all their logos are still trying to be somewhat of the same thing and you know been born from the same uh you know come from the same egg or the same tree or you know whatever analogy you want to use there and you know that's probably absolutely fair too um i believe there was a time in the bbl where things were a little bit more custom and, and personalized than what they are now um they've clearly tried something different here it might have worked for one team one of the teams, maybe probably the Sixers, I would say it probably looks the best on. Um, uh, I, I can't stand their logo on the front, though, the big six. Uh, it's not a really good logo, really, yeah. let's be honest. We, sh- we should actually do an episode on the BBL and um, <laughs> just re- reviewing their logos and brands. Um, but you know, it's just a case of, you know, this is the result of getting a, a league that's set up like this, essentially, you know, from however old it is now, 13 years ago, you know, throw some stuff out in the air and and off you go. And you're right. It always has been this kind of kits, you know, I remember way back when it started, it was always the same template and they always sort of had the black trim or i don't know the heat had the silver trim mm. side panels and whatever like a lot of teams did i think the stars were the same so mm. yeah but they, but they, had, like... they had personal kits though like the the sixes had like faded stars like sublimated faded you know stars yeah, on yeah, it yeah. I, I remember the the scorches had like heat waves or you know the, yeah. the real linear type designs on there the heat had flames in some you know capacity yeah yeah i think yep. you you see that you know talking about t- throughout you know, mm-hmm. three quarters of the season. So if there's one team that wants to do it, it's probably them. I'd um, agree with you. And the Scorchers, I believe, have a pretty big fan base too. I mean, they're the most yeah. successful. I'm glad we don't have our third co-host here to bang on about how awesome the West Coast is. But, um, yeah, they are the most successful. I, they probably have the most retail sales as well without having those figures in front of me. Um so yeah, it, it makes sense, and and that's probably a strategic decision by them. Is they do have that custom garment that they can yeah. roll with, and they're going to probably leverage that as much as they can. Okay, let's move on. This is um, well, I've grabbed this from creativeblog.com, um, and there's also a YouTube link there that we've included. Uh, this is Racing Club. What, what's the correct? What's the what's the team name for this, Nick? Racing? Racing, <laughs> if you're Racing, saying yeah. it in Spanish. Okay. Racing Club. 
Um, initially, you'd have to look very closely to spot the error on their logo, but eagle-eyed fans started to point out on social media that something was a, a, away with the rendering of the club's badge on player shirts. The logo features three straight white lines on a blue to have become misshaped, and a lump seemed to get bigger each week like a strange optical illusion. But Racing Club has finally explained all of the emotive uh, all in an emotive video featuring the former player and coach Juan Roman Flita. The video reveals that far from being a mistake, the logo intervention was indeed to raise awareness of testicular cancer. Pretty cool. Yeah, cool little uh, initiative. And the fact that they didn't announce it until the end of it, and you know, saying that, the cancer can form over four weeks without you noticing, so go and get checked is pretty good yeah. way of advertising it. It's quite clever yeah. that, um, you know, yeah, they, it's like, yeah, just a small subtle change, but, you know, I guess that's what it is, right? Like you don't notice it until it becomes too dangerous. Problem, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's roll it back in locally just for a moment. Uh, let's talk Super Netball. Enter the Melbourne Mavericks, Suncorp Super Netball, and the SEN reveal the name for the net, uh, for Netball's new eighth team on last Wednesday, declaring the name was chosen to reflect the team's drive to break boundaries. Uh, the Mavericks, Melbourne Mavericks, uh, are using a cyan blue um, on a – is it a black or a navy base? I'm not sure if I've got it here now. Blackish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go ink. Let's go ink for now. A cyan blue on a ink base um, and will be based, yes, in the southeast of Melbourne. Thoughts on the logo and colors and name. Quite like the logo as an icon. It's probably a little bit sort of doesn't make full use of its square centimeterage mm-hmm. um, with the thin lines everywhere, the wings. Uh, really like the font. That's that's strong and bold. The little customization with the A and the V flipped there, uh, the R and the K. Got a little bit of customization going. Um, gives me a little bit of that Seattle Kraken vibe with the colors. Um, oh, yes. So yep. That That's never going to go. Uh, it's never going to be a problem for me, those colors. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, overall, like the logo, could be probably be a little bit better with its use of space uh, with the icon. But uh, I think it's probably quite different to the rest of the league as well, which is nice. Yeah. What I'm learning after doing this podcast for nearly two years now is really try not to judge too much by first reveals. Yeah. Um, But in saying that, we do this podcast, so I think there's an (laughs) element there of having to to comment on it at least. Uh, Similar to you, I think that they have done a real good job. I think that they are in somewhat of a, a tough market being um being a team being a team in a league that nearly has all of the colors already kind of covered um when we look at the melbourne vixens they've got they've got a teal color they've got a um like a navy type color and they've got like a you know bright pink um, magenta type color as well so colors that i nearly thought could work for the mavericks um and then you go the green for over in um, Perth with the fever there. You got your purples and your yellows in in Queensland, um, and you know, the pinks in Adelaide. And am I missing anyone there? Uh, reds, reds and oranges in um, the Swifts and Giants in New South Wales. So um, I, I'm actually surprised that blue is probably one of the better colours to go with, and I think the blue selection that they've gone with is pretty good. Uh, I'm interested to see how the logo goes in a smaller environment when we're talking digitally um, we're talking about you know brands wanting to scale things down Um, could that stylized m and you know smaller more negative space feathers or wings there you know start to get lost Um, but in saying that i 
you know, first impressions are that those other wings are quite like, like dominant and iconic anyway. So even when you scale things down, you're still going to get a good um, representation there. Um, I like the font. Dealt with a couple of teams who have started off in Melbourne. And one thing that I know is it's actually a lot more difficult to trademark or register a, an icon or an image in sport. Well, first and foremost, it's difficult. We've we've chatted a couple of times around, you know, trying to use a team name that is even used over in America or wherever else. And, you know, you, you try it. You, you try to trademark it or, or, or whatnot and someone comes and taps on your shoulder and says, no, you can't use Titans because there's the Tennessee Titans or blah, 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 whatever it is. Um, similarly, even in Melbourne, um, you know, I've dealt with another team that wanted to just use a big, bold M and the amount of trouble that they had trying to find something that works. Yeah. Um, and they had to, you know, do a lot of changes to their logo just to make sure that it wasn't anything that wasn't something else. So, um, I think they've done a good job in including an M in there. It's stylized. It's quite clear that it's M, you know, Melbourne, Mavericks, whatever else. Um, and it is a bit different too. It's, you know, not something that, you know, we have seen a lot of in the Australian sporting landscape. Um, the Mavericks name, not not quite sure, actually. Uh, I personally don't know if it's sitting quite there with me yet, but... It is it's, different to, to your previous point. Like I can't think of the top of my head another Mavericks in any of the major leagues around the world. M- NBA, there's a Mavericks, right? I'm pretty sure there's a basketball team, the Mavericks. Dallas? Not Dallas. No. Yes, you're right, there is. But, yeah, for netball, I just thought it was an odd choice. Not Dallas? Yeah, Dallas. Yeah. Dallas Mavericks, yeah. Um, I thought it was an odd choice, not, you know, not dismissing it, but just, yeah, it wasn't kind of what I was expecting, which is good, right? It's, it's not something that, yeah, <laughs> it's not just something that we've already seen, which, you know, is good. Does, does Maverick seem a bit more masculine to you? I was thinking about this and I think it shouldn't. I think it's just one of those things that, you know, uh, generationally we've been, it's been tied to a male. But when I think about what the word actually means, there's no reason why it shouldn't, it should only be tied to men. So in my, you know, I think some people might think differently of that, but for me it was like, huh, why am I thinking that? What is that word? No, it's not. It isn't like a male-specific word. It's just one of those things. It's a form of cattle that does not carry a brand. Okay, that's that's what a maverick is. Okay, Okay. maybe look at the second line of the definitions. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it like a loose unit? Uh, You know, someone who I think it's included in this article somewhere. (laughs) Um, Bit of an enigma kind of thing. Yeah, yep. Blazing your own trail. Yeah. Yep. All right, what have you got? Last bit of news. I guess Top Gun probably makes it seem a bit masculine as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess my last piece of news, this one came out while I was over in Europe. Um, <clears throat> but from what we can tell, it looks like Adidas are going to increase the size of their Manufacture logo by around 35% on football kits. Uh, so in a bold move, Adidas will introduce a significant change to their football kits for the 2024 season and beyond. The new logo will be 35% bigger than the current one, taking full advantage of FIFA's allowance for manufacturing logos to be up to 20% uh, 20 centimeters squared. Uh, and yeah, it's that whole square centimeterage argument. Uh, and it's quite interesting that Adidas seem to be allowed to measure their logo in triangles, so a triangle around their logo, whereas Nike seem to have to measure it in a square. So if Nike's measured it in a triangle, 
apparently theirs could be double the size it currently is. Mm. So, There's so much to break down in this right yeah. now, looking at this article. Um, first of all, like like you said, it's the real estate. It's it's not it's 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 not like a block of land and here's your block of land and you've got to build on that block of land. You know, a square rectangle. It's actually let's use mathematical equations to find yeah. out what your real estate actual space is, what your surface area is, which we don't get in the Australian leagues anywhere. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, that's not how the NRL operate. No, um, that's not how they act. pure square. And it's, hey, even if the logo's rotated, it's still a straight up and down square. Yeah. You can't change the orientation of the square. I remember Kit talking about potentially having a sponsor one time sitting on, an, on a, um, yeah, the a 40, 45. 45 and the powers to be just refusing to measure that logo on a 45 degree yeah. uh and so they're measuring you know to to scale you know top le- top left rectangle uh square down to bottom right mm. whereas this link here that we've included um clearly shows that you know the the puma logo is puma logo size is calculated using a formula of c plus d yeah open bracket close bracket divided by two times h um with with the you know the dimensions there um to scale so whereas as you say the nike logo is a horizontal vertical axis um you know a times b so this is really interesting what's also interesting is last year adidas chose to remove the word the, the 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 text from their logo and this is clearly why you know one thing I also interesting is I don't actually think the stripes without the text has been increased that much size-wise. Not this year, I th- but I think next year it will be, right? Like this is what we're talking about yeah, next yeah. next year. Yeah, so but this was a... They this haven't was filled a... like the full... But you think they'd increase the size of the stripes to be... Mm-hmm. The height of the stripes and the text together. Yeah, I'd have but to put some side by side and check. But let, yeah, let's maybe think about this over a you know a three year period and MOQs. And yes, they're probably dealing with massive MOQs. Uh, you know, they're able to deliver on their massive MOQs. But for one season, would you go and adjust your logo size on everything to then the next season go and do it again? Yeah, like I I would say probably what you know what they've done um, is they've had this but available. Guess- they're planning for it. And I guess I mean they changed it anyway. They dropped the text, so well, it's no, not you're like right. They weren't creating a new logo. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So it would be two sets of MOQs anyway. Touche. I don't know, but yeah, just interesting how how these are calculated and why Nike doesn't get the same allowances as Puma and Adidas. So what you're saying is you support Nike. That's what I'm hearing. You heard it here no. first. I'm saying bigger is better. <laughs> it's not how big it is, mate. It's how you use it. That swoosh needs to only be the size that it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that, I mean, I find that all fascinating to be clearly, um, to be frank with you. Um, the fact that, yeah, they're not just measuring it by an X by Y. Um yeah, the opportunity to to make it larger, and there are some examples there. And to be honest, it's, it is nearly too big, don't you reckon? In the examples that they've shown on Argentina's, yeah, possibly. Depends how accurate the mock-ups are, eh? But mm. yeah, you could you could possibly say occasionally it, it might have looked a little unbalanced and a bit too small mm-hmm. against some logos, so they might bring it up to a bit more of a fifty-fifty split. Um, we'll see how the balance looks when they get released. Yeah. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up everything that we have logged in to um, to the run sheet this week. But if we have missed anything, uh, please let us know. You can um, email us at fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com or message, comment, or tag us at fieldofdesignpodcast. Uh, if we have missed anything, please let us know. Uh, do you disagree or agree with some of the comments that we've mentioned uh, on today's show? Give us a shout out, tag us. Let's get talking. Um, 
speaking of, our friend of the show and uh, I believe Patreon subscriber Lachlan reached out. Oh, uh, and what was this in relation to Nick um, Penrith? Penrith wearing their alternate um, jersey during the final series. Don't know if this is a, so. Sorry, Lachlan quotes. Don't know if this is substantial enough news, but just something I find interesting like they did last year. It looks like Penrith will be wearing their heritage jerseys for the final series. Good way to boost sales of different products when you've essentially already won the comp in your home. But I can't help but feel teams should be favoring their official identity for the big games. What are your thoughts on this, Nick? Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one. I, I do like seeing home versus home. In big games, or at least color versus color, I get annoyed when someone always has to be in white in the American sports. Um, so I like that you know we get color versus color down here. Um, who cares about Penrith and <laughs> enough to? <laughs> I don't care. A little bit bitter. Just, just someone beat them. <laughs> yeah, well, I it's a trap. Their heritage jersey this year is, uh, you know, the nice teal and like ochre red, isn't it? So it is, yeah. Um, and it's a trend that they've done for a couple of years now. Yeah, if you last recall. year they wore the the licorice all sort one in the final. So not complaining. It's a nice jersey they'll be wearing this year in the final. It is interesting. I I also would would really like to know from a commercial point of view where this decision has come from. Hopefully we'll have someone from Penrith on the show soon and we might be able to dive a little bit deeper into that. Uh, Mate, I also put up a poll during um, the week on our Instagram asking our listeners, do you label your layers? And we had a very healthy 76% say fast and loose baby uh, with a 24% saying 100% of the time, every time. So um, thank you for all of our listeners and and followers for um, letting us know how you operate your creative You label them, don't you? Uh, I would like to say I label them all the time, but that is completely not true. <laughs> um, sometimes you just got to go fast and loose, mate. <laughs> yeah, but if I had it my way, I would label all the time. <laughs> I yeah. haven't labeled a, an object or a layer in I don't know how long. <laughs> uh, Honestly, I, 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 lock, I lock different layers and stuff, so my base page stays there and then i just work on a separate layer for my cads but Mm -hmm. other than that no no layer control whatsoever Mm -hmm. which is more than kit because he doesn't do that man's just got everything floating nothing (laughs) locked so you can grab anything (laughs) yeah yeah i think it's it's different when you know that someone else is going to be working on your gear right Yeah, yeah and someone else could come in at any point and need to jump in Awesome. All right. Well, thank you to all of our listeners uh, for sharing your ears this episode. Massive shout out also to the legends who have signed up to our Patreon. You can sign up if you feel inclined uh, via the links in the podcast apps episode description. Um, For those Patreon subscribers, thank you. You are currently adding to the FODPOD money box to get our visual guides up to scratch on Instagram, um, which also wouldn't be possible without the magician himself, Jersey Tragic. So thank you so much for that. Uh, You can follow um, us on Instagram at Field of Design Podcast. You can also follow Jersey Tragic at Jersey underscore underscore tragic on instagram um always posting some fun intellectually thinking and just straight out jersey collecting um content uh for those who are listening which is you don't forget to leave a review and some stars on your podcast catcher of choice how many stars should we be going with nick you said five only, so uh, the answers are getting a bit boring, but maybe four this week? Four? Why, four? Why four? 
four for how many Premiership Cups the Brisbane Lions will be holding by the the end of this weekend. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Is that for the amount of goals that the moustache will kick as well? Ooh, will we be hearing Let It Go four times over the weekend, do you think? Do they do that at away stadiums? You know what? I don't... They, club songs at away stadiums. They won't, but uh, you, I, I've seen a big push online to try and get the MCG to play the songs, which I don't think that they will. But no. uh, I believe that the Lions faithfuls that are down there we'll <laughs> will be singing. be singing along as loud as possibly can. I know. Uh, yes, the Brisbane fans love a sing of Charlie's song. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, um, that one will be rocking if he, if he has a good game. Probably need to um, to get like a, a list of each player's song. <laughs> I, know the, I know the main ones, but someone might kick a goal and no one has any idea who yeah, yeah. sings that song. Um, and also don't forget to follow the podcast to get notified when new episodes uh, drop. Like next week's episode 64 which is a cracking episode it is in the bank we're getting it prepped and ready to go it is another creative genius from an nrl team so i'm really keen for everyone to hear it uh before we wrap up mate your predictions nrl nrlw afl Grand Finals this weekend. Most people will probably not listen to this until afterwards, so we can put <laughs> ourselves to shame. What are you thinking? Unfortunately, I think it's more likely that both Brisbane teams lose than both win. Uh, I think the Lions have more of a chance. They've slapped up Collingwood twice this year, so let's make it three in a row. Um, another 30-point win would be nice, but I can't see that happening. Um, the Panthers yeah. will probably slap up the Broncos. Four first. Why would you bother? Um, and the Titans better win the NRLW Grand Final because I have spent two days sorting out their finals, premiers, jerseys with all the different changes that they want for them. Uh, mm-hmm. And it'll be quite annoying because – actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I'll wait until it's released. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, the NRL's changed their rules on uh, Shields and their logo again for this game. So uh, let's go to the Titans on that one. Good on them. Uh, playing the Knights, right, in the women's? Is that correct? Yes. yes. Titans okay. versus Knights. Uh, so Knights, the Knights uh, are going back-to-back. They're aiming for a back-to-back. And the Titans in their first year as well. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the ladies. Um, I think the Knights lost one game all season and the Titans have lost two. Okay. So for first versus third, uh, the Titans beat second place Roosters in the prelim. You know what? I'm going to go all out. I'm going to go the underdogs on all of them. I'm going to say that the Titans will win. Sweet. I think it's going to be a Queens. Yep. Queenslanders all the way. I think the Titans are going to win. I'm going to think they'll win by eight points. The NRLW Titans. Uh, I'm going to say the Bronx win by 12. And uh, let's talk a bit deeper on the AFL for a second because that's where our hearts truly lie. We will both uh, be in the stands. We will both be there in probably complete opposite <laughs> sides <laughs> of the field, but I'll be and looking out for you. of the, the seats. <laughs> yeah, I'm in row choose. one. <laughs> yes. Row anyone, who, anyone who is actually listening before the grand final on Saturday, m- be watching because I actually think you might get an opportunity to see Nick on the telecast. <laughs> A1, opposite side of the camera. So uh, middle of the, what? I don't know how much money you paid for these tickets, mate, but close to the middle of the field. Too much. Um, wear a bright, crazy hat or something so we can all keep an eye out for <laughs> I'll you. I'll just take my hat off and you can look at my bright hair. Yeah, beach blonde blonde dyed hair um okay let's talk lions for a second let's talk collingwood for a second i think the lions are going to win i reckon it's going to be close i reckon maybe um, 18 18 points it might be lions two goals you know two goals and a couple of behinds maybe um i think if the lions are going to win obviously joe and um charlie cameron i think need to have good games um i think eric can 
get away with not. <laughs> he seems to have done it. Friends of mine love Eric Hipwood, but oh man, he's kind of just just a guy, you know. He's, yeah, man's just got a Guernsey and he shows up every week. Yeah, I'm probably uh, giving him a big disservice there. Um, uh, I hope he has a cracker, but yeah, yeah. Joe and Charlie, and then the Joe, midfield. Joe and Charlie. I think Lockie will be a little bit quiet. I don't. I think that they will um, give Lockie a lot of attention. Um, I think that Dunkley needs to have a blinder. He'll probably go up against either Dacos or uh, maybe maybe Dugowie. Um, I think he needs to have a good, strong defensive game again. But my prediction is Cam Rayner will have a blinder. I reckon he. Jordan I reckon Shaw himself. I think that um, if Lions are going to win, I've been hearing a lot about, you know, Joe Denher, Charlie Cameron, blah, blah, blah. I think um, it needs to come down to Rayner. He's been the num- he was the number one pick a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Obviously did his ACL, so he was out for a little while. He's come back and he's performed absolutely cracking in some defining games. He's been a little bit quiet. I think um, this is his time to show why he was the number one pick. And of course, Harris Andrews always steady in defence. Just a consistent, yeah. They're, they're missing Jack Payne, so that's a huge loss. What a physical specimen he is! Um, I was actually Re- replace one beautiful man in Marcus Adams with another beautiful oh. man in Jack Payne. Marcus Adams, I know. If those two were in defence together, I would be like them two and Joe. That's like my dream. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought in the uh, in the prelim as well, Kitty Coleman was just class every time he touched the ball. Pure calmness. Um, I actually thought Connor McKenna had a a great prelim. Um, he looked looked in control of what what he was doing. Um, mm-hmm. Darcy Wilmot made a few errors, but um, yeah, McKenna's someone who who stepped up more than you'd usually expect from him. So if he can have another big one. McKenna and Kadeen, um, Connor and Kadeen, um, have had really solid years. I think, like they're those. Like, I'm, I'm so glad that um, Kitty got the praise that he did for his performance on the weekend. But I actually think, you know, maybe the stats are higher, but I actually think he's played super consistently for a lot of the year, and he's just a reliable boot. Yeah, him and McKenna, honestly, they're just for the most part they're such reliable kickers and and just really steady, calming um, presences presence on field, um, and they just honestly like Kitty doesn't need to have another game like that. Like obviously the Lions needed it, he, you know he was the player that needed to make it happen in the in the prelim. But if they just have steady games, they're doing their job. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, he's genuinely a guy who could land it on a ten cent piece. Genuinely. A few, a few of the few of the kicks he made on what was it Saturday? You know, he's got a five meter window running f- at full pace, putting it twenty meters ahead of a, a guy with two Carlton players running from opposite direction, and he drops it yeah. <laughs> into a spot only a lion could get to, and you know, with two meters to spare on both Carlton players so ridiculous accuracy awesome um, and he doesn't seem to to slice many all right I think we so should leave it there you can see where our hearts lie. <laughs> go the Lions uh, go the Lions <laughs> the only reason I would say anywhere except the MCG I know you don't believe this thing but anywhere except the MCG the Lions win the MCG is the only thing that makes it close mm. you see there's two all right let, well, let's drag this conversation a little bit more good, good. <laughs> us for trying to stick to a 35 minute episode this week but um there's a hoodoo on the lions beating collingwood like we can talk grand finals lions have beat collingwood in every grand final that they've played together lions have also beat collingwood i think the last six matches the last six matches the lions have beaten them and i think they've beaten them by an average of like 26 points or something like that so I know that the Lions probably haven't played Collingwood at the MCG in a while either, and that's you know which which hoodoo 
is the more powerful hoodoo there, but <laughs> the Lions have only played at the MCG maybe six times in the last three or four years. So when you've got such a small number of stats, you speak to any statistician and they will say that there is not enough data there to make an accurate assessment. No evidence. Yeah. They'll be in the red, won't they? They'll be in the Fitzroy. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, we should know by now. We should know that 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 um, club kind of not policy, but um, rule that they've set up has only been around for maybe I'm going to say maybe six years. They've been wearing the the Fitzroy ones away in Victoria when it comes to grand final. Don't know. Not sure. Are you quickly looking? I'm trying to find out quickly, but okay. Yeah, it could be interesting. So the red versus the black and the white, if that goes ahead. but Colour. Colour versus black and white. That's what uh, it's been the chat online. Support the colour, not the black and white. (laughs) (laughs) So we can not support the black in the NRL as well. Yeah. Yep. Go go maroon.